in this little corner of Canada. It's raining on the foot of snow that we got last week. The skies are gray. Violet, our great peer, has no interest in going outside. But it's a perfect day for my son to catch up on his baking and make chocolate chip banana bread to make my afternoon tea a whole bunch yummier. After I record here in Studio C, the closet, I'll have to head outside to check on the goats. Poppy is our pregnant Nubian goat. She doesn't appear pregnant yet, but I feel the urge to watch over her these days because I remember what it was like. As a soon-to-be mom, she is about to be a first-time mom. She has no idea about how she will need to manage her time differently. Do you remember what it was like pre-children? Most of us had a whole lot more time in our hands. Today we're going to have a conversation with Charlotte Jones. She's a working homeschool mom of two neurodivergent boys in sunny South Africa. And we're going to talk about how to manage our time. Maybe I'll give Poppy some pointers later. If we haven't met, welcome to the Homeschool Mama Self-Care Podcast. I am Teresa Wiedrich, homeschool life coach over at CapturingTheCharmedLife.com. This season is dedicated to those homeschool moms who want to shed what's not working so they can show up authentically, purposefully, and confidently. Today, I'm going to introduce you to Charlotte Jones. Or have you met her already? You may have if you are a working homeschool mom. Charlotte lives in sunny South Africa with her husband, twin boys, and two mini Dashens. She's been a working homeschool mom since 2017, and she loves it. As a coach and the creator of My Little Homeschool and the Strike a Balance podcast for working homeschool moms, she helps working homeschool moms while they try to juggle all the things while welcoming more joy and ease into their lives. So whether you're a working homeschool mom or a mom that just would like to find some more time in her homeschool, let's chat with Charlotte so we can learn how to get more time for us and our homeschooled kids. We discuss the ineffective, unproductive nature of multitasking. We talk about the value of doing a time audit as a homeschool mom, time blocking and teaching our kids about time blocking, assessing our values to determine if the activities we're participating in actually align with our values, and also how to find community so we don't feel alone, especially if you're a working homeschool mom. So without further ado, join me in welcoming Charlotte Jones to the podcast. Thank you for being here. I would be delighted if you would join me in Canada someday and we could connect in real time. But meanwhile, welcome to Studio C in Western Canada. I'm so glad to have you here. Thank you so much for inviting me. And yes, definitely Canada's on my bucket list for sure. Definitely. So maybe I will come one day. <laughs> Ditto for me on South Africa. I would love mm. to visit your country. I've heard so many beautiful things. So would you introduce yourself to the listeners? Sure, absolutely. So my name is Charlotte Jones, and I am a working homeschool mom, and I have been since 2017. And I live in sunny South Africa, like I like to say always, uh, next to the ocean with my mm -hmm. husband and my neurodivergent twin boys. And we have two many Dushans as well, who are very much part of the family. <laughs> and I blog over at My Little Homeschool. And I also have a podcast, the Striker Balance podcast for working homeschool moms. And so I have kind of pivoted my content more towards, towards working homeschool moms specifically 
because I think it's quite a different lifestyle to being, I don't want to say just a homeschool mom, but having that added layer of work on can really add some extra challenges. So that's why I've kind of pivoted my content more towards that. Mm -hmm. It's like multitasking is a a strong suit after a number of years as a homeschool mom, but as a homeschool mom who works, (laughs) queen of multitasking. Sure, exactly. Except I always say multitasking is one of the things you should avoid, actually. Exactly. Yeah, I knew you said that. And I have a lot of discussion around the myth of multitasking. I mean, we naturally do it anyways. We have to because there's so much going on, but it doesn't feel good. And it turns out research says it's not actually more productive. Exactly. Our brains do not like it because they don't like us to jump from one thing to the other because it takes us so long to get back into concentrating, I think. I'd love to hear about your story as a homeschool mom. How did you get into homeschooling? So as I said, my kids are neurodivergent. So we took them to public school for a year and it was a disaster, (laughs) to to be honest. Uh, It was extremely traumatic for them. And I think Besides that, we also just got the feeling that if if you're in that kind of um, environment, you start feeling like there is something wrong with your children because they say they're not ticking all these boxes. They cannot do this. They cannot sit still. They cannot do this. And so I thought, let's just give homeschooling a try. It was quite a bold move because homeschooling is not very popular in South Africa. It wasn't back in 2017. Obviously, since the pandemic, it's changed. So it was it was the people online that I met that actually gave me the courage to to start homeschooling. Mm. And so we did. And the kids have thrived since then. So like I said, 2017, it's been six, six years since we started. And it's been fantastic. Mm. Yeah, that's a beautiful phase because you've just gone past that three or four year phase where I find many people kind of hit the wall and say, I don't think I like how I'm doing this. I'm going to find my own way. Absolutely. Yes, that's so true. Because I did actually think about that recently, that it feels like now we're in a bit of a really good kind of flow. And it's taken a long time to get here. We've done a lot of de-schooling. And I know you speak about de-schooling. We've done it multiple, multiple, multiple times during our journey. Because, because the kids are neurodivergent, I think, and also just to it, I mean, if you've been at public school for so long, for 12 years, it's really hard to shift that mindset. So you have to kind of, sometimes if you feel you're coming up against things that you have to de-school again. So we've done that multiple times. And the last one we did was quite a long one. And now it really feels like we're in a very good flow now, which is, it's it's great. It's fantastic. I'm so happy to be in this in in this kind of state now. I know there's so many things that we can de-school from, but what are the or some of the things that you've de-schooled from? Well, initially, it was definitely school at home, I think was because I know a lot of people do that. It's just I can understand. I mean, and looking back, I understand what why I did it as well. It's the only thing I knew there was I didn't have a lot of information. I really just kind of jumped into homeschooling. And so that was definitely the first big thing that I had to do was that kind of trying to copy school at home, which obviously, as you probably know, did not work out (laughs) at all. (laughs) So. Uh, That was definitely it. And then just kind of realizing all the possibilities that there are that we can do in homeschool. Homeschooling is full of awesome, amazing possibilities. You just have to open your mind to what you can do. And I think that was definitely a big part of it as well. Beautiful. Yeah, that's my experience too. 100%. In the third year, by the third January, February, 
I discovered that I don't want to do this anymore. This is not fun. And it turns out I was doing the same thing. School at home doesn't work. Yeah, I love to hear that. So the things that you've been learning about learning is that there's learning opportunities everywhere. Sure. I mean, as parents, I mean, how much learning do we have to go through? We have to go through <laughs> more than our kids do, really. Yeah, you really face a lot of things in when you homeschool, don't you? A lot of your own baggage, a lot of your own stuff you have to work through as well. Absolutely. I was going to ask you that next, but it's always a natural segue for everyone. The things that we learn about learning, but also the learning about ourselves. So are you will, um, comfortable sharing some of the things that you've learned about yourself? Sure, absolutely. I think just in terms of parenting, um, yes, I mean, kind of being, yeah, it is hard because like I said, the kids are neurodivergent. It is maybe slightly different to a, maybe a neurotypical child. So I think just being open to them as people and meeting them where they are. And that has been hard for me because I grew up in quite a strict home and my husband grew up in, in a quite a strict home and to, and you've kind of naturally feel like you need to be strict that they need to learn these very particular things and they must be well behaved and all these kind of things. When you realize that it's maybe not the most important thing, it's more important what they become as people, how they treat other people, how they treat themselves and things like that, how they think about themselves. Mm. Um, yeah, I think it, it's been a, a big, massive learning curve that definitely. Ditto for me, all of that. Mm-hmm. Mm. And a million things about my triggers. <laughs> so many oh, things. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. So many triggers. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even well, get just, I mean, there's just more time to be triggered, I think, though, isn't it, yeah. as well? It's just because you spend so much time together <laughs> which is on one hand really a hard thing no question mm. as you look at yourself and go oh my you, you know why are these things stressing me or why are these things overwhelming me or whatever and but it's also an opportunity to unravel that and sure. if if you decide to do something about it yeah absolutely absolutely yeah that's so true interrupting the episode to let you know that the homeschool mom spring retreat is just around the corner the rain is a sure sign at least for my part of the world that that spring is upon us which means we not just the world but we need a refresher specifically the goal of the homeschool mom retreat is to help you get away focus on what you need take a breather assess how you're showing up and help you feel more satisfied in your homeschool This is what we will focus on in our five sessions. We'll release any unhelpful homeschool mindsets, reassess your homeschool vision, honor your emotional landscape, and help you address it, reimagine how you want to show up in your homeschool, and renovate your self-care strategies. What do you think a retreat should include? I would love for it to include a massage therapist, a cabana on a tropical beach, morning yoga sessions, and candlelight dinners on the beach. But what I will provide you with is an opportunity to deflate, diffuse, and reconsider how homeschooling is going, how you're showing up in it, and get some perspective. So if you're interested in a homeschool mom retreat, connect with me. You can find me over at capturingthecharmedlife.com. So you speak about a magic mindset on your website. I'm curious what Mm. that means or if that applies to what we're speaking to right here. Sure. I think mindset is such an important part of homeschooling when you start homeschooling. And I think also being a working homeschool mom, I think you really need to get your mindset right before you start. It's almost more important than the curriculum 
or how you're going to, or the job that you do, or how you're going to fit everything in your day. You need to have a growth mindset, I guess, specifically, you want to be able to learn from your mistakes, be willing to make mistakes, and also to, I guess, just open your mind to all the possibilities that there are and to be kind of creative in how you do things as well. So I think mindset is, yeah, incredibly important. And it's maybe difficult because you do have to go through some of the baggage that you have with mindset as well. The, the things that we tell ourselves, yes. it's not possible to do this. We should be doing it in this way, you know, all that kind of stuff. So um, I think mindset is almost one of the most important things when you start out on the homeschooling journey and also being a working homeschool mom. Absolutely. Yeah, that was one of the biggest learning journeys I've had in my life is to recognize that what I'm thinking, my thoughts are not necessarily me. Um, mm. But I'm experiencing them. I'm, I am experiencing them, but I can look at them and say, okay, is it true? And, you know, naturally we go, of course it's true. Or why would we be thinking it? But it turns out, you know, what's I always find a really useful discussion is to say, hey, you've got a partner, maybe, or a best friend or someone close to you. And when you speak about whatever discussion point, none of us has exactly the same perspective. Mm -hmm. And we know that with significant people in our lives that maybe we sort of see similarly, but not exactly the same. And even our thoughts can be filtered that way as well to say, okay, we think that, but is it absolutely true? If it, mm -hmm. if there was an alternate perspective, what could it be and how would it apply to the situation? Then maybe I would show up differently with my child today or with mm -hmm. my whoever today. Yeah, mm -hmm. that was really absolutely. big for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But you do need a bit of quiet to be able to find that time, which yeah, I think girl. is sometimes hard <laughs> when you are working on school. Mom. So that's yeah, why it's also true. so important to like really carve out some time for yourself where you can be quiet. I know you do journaling and things like that. And I always recommend journaling as such a good way to yeah. get what's the mess in here, like yeah. and try and start figuring it out. Yeah, you really don't have a choice, you know, to um get quiet. You have to have quiet. I have heard one mom tell me she doesn't need quiet and she's really extroverted and she loves spending time with her kids. But I have, that's one person amongst many, many. And mm. I'm like, okay, you know, one person sees it differently than me. Surprise, mm -hmm. no surprise. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. But everyone, most, most people need to have a little bit of solitude, even if it's just a little bit of time. And it is so hard. I'm in a very different phase of homeschooling. I'm not Actually, I'm transitioning out of homeschooling. So I'm mm. in a very different phase of parenting now with two graduated, one about to graduate. And my youngest is almost or is 14 and a half. And so it's very different than in the early days. So my instinct to share about let's do a morning routine with homeschool moms or, you know, find that moment to do your journaling or do your whatever. I know that it can sound unrealistic. I remember what it was like then. I don't entirely know it anymore. I know about solitude now and I didn't before. Um, but mm. if someone had told me in the early days to do it, I would have said, uh, when, <laughs> when, and yet, um, even though you're not going to have as much quiet or solitude as I might have, you still need to create the practices because they will build and the kids will grow. Exactly. That is so true. That's what I always say. Can you start with, that's why the time audit is so important for me, I think, because yes. 
you will probably discover or be surprised by the things that you're spending time on that don't actually serve you. And you say, oh, I don't have any. Okay, I don't want to say it sounds so terrible. But some people feel like they don't have any time. And I just say, go through the time audits and you might be surprised that there is some time that you could swap for, you know, scrolling for journaling or whatever. You know what I mean? That's why I think it's important to actually know where your time goes and to be so that you can. And if if you genuinely don't have loads of time to really start with like one minute, two minutes, five minutes. And like you said, just to build on that because, yeah, because I mean, kids grow up so quickly, don't they? Everything <laughs> changes all the time. Yeah. Oh. yeah. But when mm. I saw your time audit, I saw uh, like we were both in the uh, summit at the beginning of the year mm. and mm. Uh, you had a time audit available. And I heard you speak about the time audit or prioritizing. And I thought, oh, wow. We, I have a time audit as well. So, we, oh wow, <laughs> yes. And cool. so then I, then I said, oh yeah, I definitely want to talk to this gal because clearly <laughs> we're thinking similarly. Now, my family knows me as someone that is time challenged because I'm really good at being present. And if someone says, hey, how long will it take you to do dot dot dot? I go, oh, I don't know. I'm not quite sure. I know that if I've committed to being with someone, I can be there and I can be there for a certain time. But actually knowing, having a good sense of time is not my thing. But that was part of my problem earlier homeschool days is that I had no sense of how long is it really taking me to get my four kids dressed, put their shoes on, get their soccer gear or their whatever, their stuff and get it and get into the car to get ready to go somewhere. I had no sense of that. I just knew that when I wanted to go, we should go and go now. And it turns out that was a recipe for frustration because getting four kids anywhere is a challenge, but getting four kids somewhere in five minutes is not possible. So (laughs) assessing the time is super valuable. Sure. Oh, absolutely. Yes. And I actually read, I can't remember what, it was probably a video that I watch. I'm obsessed with the time management things where somebody said, actually uh, um, time how long it takes you to do things. And I thought that's actually a really good idea because it's so simple and you might realize that, okay, so it does take 45 minutes to get everybody realistically ready or my kids as well, who I have to tell multiple times to do things. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So if you, if you are aware of those times then you can just give yourself enough time and I think it just takes away the stress as well though doesn't it yeah it does more more anyways I mean there's other yeah. reasons for us to get stressed no, 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 of course. at least in my experience <laughs> many many more reasons yeah, yeah I have so many so many opportunities really mm-hmm. but for me um yeah val- deciding how or not really deciding how much time you want to spend on something but what I actually suggest in my time audit is write down everything that you do for mm-hmm. a week that sounds like a busy work project and it is, but it will mm. help you understand how you're engaging everything that you're doing. And so interesting, we were having a chat about housework, you and I, uh, mm. or we were speaking about that in the background in the email and you were uh, speaking to how to stay on top of housework or to deal with housework. Mm. And for me, I realized I just don't want to do that much housework. So I'm either hiring someone, which I decided not to do. Um, I will train my kids how to do certain things. I will put it into my routine once a week. And then maybe by Saturday, uh, things will look clean for one hour. And then it will slowly, gradually get less clean. And then by Friday, I'll be like, okay, Saturday's around the corner. But I'm not going to be focusing on housework for 30 years. 
housework. <laughs> yes, I this is I live with three incredibly messy individuals. So who Sorry. do none of them like to clean as well. So training them is is really hard. <laughs> so what I've done is is just really just like with with the I I I like to batch things on yeah. one on the one hand but on the other hand if it's something big which housework housework is for me I like to break it down into small bits so I literally do a little bit every day and that kind of works more for me because I remember I used to do Saturday and I used to get so resentful that after that one hour everything was like looked like a bomb a bomb had hit it again so I was like I can't deal with this resentment let me rather just the house is never fully clean but at least some areas are clean at any um, given time so yeah well that's beautiful then we should have coffee at your house and not mine no <laughs> no but I'll have to tell you exactly when the day is when you can come for when that yeah. particular area is tidy which by the way for everybody listening I know that people say that you shouldn't have to have your house clean to have people over and that's fine that's totally true but also it's motivation to do it <laughs> no so. yes because then you can get an amazing amount done in like half an hour before somebody yes, arrives exactly when my mom comes I'm like, okay, everybody, it's clean time. Now we've got to do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Love that. Yes. So that is also a really, really important part, I think, of time management is to be 100% crystal clear about what's really important to you. Yeah. And so that, and I think a lot of times we don't actually know what our values are. We don't know what our big goals are. Um, and so I think I always suggest kind of spending a bit of time. It's not a huge exercise. You can do it in various ways. You can just kind of brainstorm or you could, um, I watched a TED talk. I can't remember who the woman was, a really good TED talk where she says, think, imagine it's a year from now, look back and it, it's a year from now and it's been a really good year. What made that year really good? And she said, that will also kind of show you what your values are and what your goals are. So once you've done that, I think, and it's kind of, so you get your values, then you break them down into goals, and then you break them down into kind of manageable steps that you can take every day. And I think it's important because then if somebody asks you to do something that's not aligned, that is not, that doesn't kind of align with your values, and that's not really important, it's much easier to say no. And I know you also talk about boundaries as well, because it's obviously yeah. setting those boundaries around your time and around what's valuable and what's important to you. And then you can select things that are that align rather than doing things that don't serve you. Mm, that's really beautiful. And I know for myself that that's a progression, like how I would have characterized my values, say 15 years ago, I would say very, I wouldn't say exactly opposite, but radically shifted. So, and it, it moves, it changes with our personal development, not just what's happening in our family lives, um, but regularly assessing that, even if it's just five minutes once a year or 10 minutes once a year, I do the most around that work definitely in the first month of the year. But yeah, so valuable. I was just going to say then also just kind of checking in with yourself is something that you should be doing anyway, if you can, I think, just to yeah. make sure that you are on the right track and aligned. Yes, exactly. That's beautiful. So in your experience, what has been the number one thing that you hear homeschool moms speak to? Uh, well, well, working homeschool moms, I would say definitely time. Time is the biggest issue. 
and they just feel like they don't have any time and that they can't fit everything in. And I think it's quite, well, if you can remember what it was, I'm sure you remember what it was like when you started homeschooling. It's very stressful at the beginning. Yeah. So I think yeah. they really worry about juggling everything and fitting everything in, I think. Yeah, that's definitely the the number one issue that people have that I've come across. What have you learned in order to deal with that? Well, definitely the time audit. Like I said, I think the time audit is really something important. But also, I think just to, like I said before, just to be quite really open-minded, I think, mm -hmm. is really important. And to be kind of creative with your scheduling as well. Because mm -hmm. I think we also think that learning must happen between certain hours like we did at school and that you must have uh, semesters or you must have a very particular school schedule. But I think, well, I know homeschooling is, offers you so much flexibility in terms of how you can schedule your day. And I think mm -hmm. I know people who homeschool at 11 o'clock at night. I spoke to somebody on my podcast the other day. She said they pod, they um they did homeschooling at two o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. That's the only time that they could manage. So, and, you know, she, she's managed to get all her kids through, graduated. So when you homeschool has no bearing on how you homeschool, it's just how you're going to be able to fit it into your day. And we homeschool year round. I'm a big believer in year round homeschooling because it also just gives you that much fl more flexibility as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I um, there was one interview guest that I also had Sarah McKenzie from Read Aloud Revival had shared on my podcast that her approach to dealing or working while homeschooling is to be very present wherever she is. So, you know, fully engaged in homeschooling or fully engaged in work, but be fully present. And I thought, oh, that's good. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. And that's, that kind of goes back to multitasking as well, because if you are, if you be, if you're able to concentrate on in, you can do, get a lot more done in a much shorter time, I think as well. And I also think in terms of homeschooling, when people think that they need to homeschool for eight hours a day, that's what I thought at the beginning. I was like, I went to school for eight hours a day. Surely my kids have to homeschool for eight hours a day. <laughs> we literally do an hour a day, an hour and a half. And we've managed absolutely fine. We do get a lot done in that hour, but that hour is very, very focused. So yes, absolutely. That's so true. And then obviously when work time, when it's work time, it's work time. So I've learned that uh, in my early homeschool days, the kids, they need eyeball to eyeball time. And what I mean is like very present with them, but they don't want it for six hours. So my, my, you know, natural instinct was, I can't be interrupted, not right now, and just wait. But actually, if I could allow myself at certain times of the day, just say, okay, stop, look at your child. They want to talk about Minecraft, just go full down that rabbit hole for whatever time. Then they go in there and then they go, okay, I'm going to go play or I'm going to go do something. So then they're getting the full presence. They're getting the full you know, connection with you. They go do their thing. And then you go back to what you were doing now, now to between you and me, I don't like being interrupted still. Uh, if I'm focused on something, I want to stay with that thing. So there's different ways that we can manage, um, you know, finding special time to do certain things, but what do you do so that you can really focus in on your work while your kids are still at home with you? I'm very, it has been a process though, definitely. As you said, obviously when the one, when they're smaller, they do want, and really, really small, obviously, then they do need a lot more interaction. But now they, luckily they're more independent and um, 
so yes, but we have very particular times of doing things. I don't have a very strict schedule per se, but I have blocks of time when things happen. And that's also something that I always recommend is to kind of block schedule. You say within this time, they know I'm working within this time, it's homeschool time. And yeah. then um, they also learn about time boundaries, which I think is also really useful. Yes. And because they're neurodivergent, they enjoy the structure, the kind of flexible structure as well. So it works really well for us. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Someone had given me early on when I started doing um, a business at home while homeschooling, uh, which hasn't been my entire um, almost two decades of homeschooling. But when I uh, first started, someone had said, just put an alarm clock outside your door and let them know that when it goes off, then you have you, the kids have access to you. Now, I'm not suggesting six hours of uninterrupted time, by the way. If you have young kids, really young kids, you can like depends on the age, but you could train them for one minute. I'm not available. You can put that outside of your toilet. Um, but one minute, I am not available. You may not go inside the bathroom while I am using the bathroom. You could train at very early on. And just like you were saying about time challenges with kids and teaching kids to, I need you to go get your soccer cleats or go get your something. You repeat, repeat, repeat. And it's not fun to constantly be repeating as a mom, but it turns out it's a thing. And it is our home or our mom reality that we need to repeat, repeat, repeat. And so if you do that with that alarm clock outside your room or wherever, outside the bathroom and say, just give me one minute, then it can be two minutes. Then it could later on be whatever time you need. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good. We use a lot of alarms. My kids are quite funny because they actually <laughs> go to they go to bed with an alarm rather than yeah. wake up with an alarm. <laughs> yeah, that's very cool. That's a really good uh, idea. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, so they are very particular. They're like nine o'clock. We're in bed, and that's it. But then they do wake up at five o'clock in the morning. Yeah, so. <laughs> fresh and sunny. Love the side of that. Yes, exactly. So, what advice do you have for homeschool moms that are working, starting out their their experience? I think it's really, really useful and helpful to get a community. I think when you start out, because I know for me, like I said, when I started out, the online community that I had, there weren't people around me, unfortunately. So I found a really nice online community and they really gave me the confidence to start homeschooling. And I mean, they don't have to give you advice. They don't have to tell you what to do. I mean, I think at the end of the day, homeschooling, you kind of figure your figure your own path. I mean, you can get inspiration from other people. You don't want to copy other people. That's a whole nother thing. But um, finding a community, just knowing that you're not alone and knowing that there are people there who really get what it's like, I think. And I, I think especially for working homeschool moms, because I know a lot of people in my Facebook group say, I, I am in a co-op and a lot of them are homeschool moms and they don't understand what it's like that I cannot do all the field trips during the week and things like that so I think it's really good to find a community as a working homeschool mom because it can be quite lonely I think yeah and they can really help you a lot Mm -hmm. you know the thing that I hear a lot of people say is that they there are homeschool communities around them mostly not always but mostly but they don't necessarily feel like the same people they don't align entirely the same and I've always had that experience myself where not not every person but there were plenty of people around but they didn't 
have the same values or the same way of engaging homeschooling, but still by the benefit of being around people that have a sense of what your lifestyle is like, you will learn how to connect in with them and feel supported because you've got someone that gets some element of your life that nobody else does. So it's still useful, even if they don't fully align. Yes, absolutely. So true. Yes, of course. And I mean, it's very easy to kind of fall in a, into, a, well, if I suppose if you don't have a very particular learning style, then maybe it's not so easy to find a like a really specific click or somebody that works for you or a group that works for you. And I think a lot of people have found that as well. Maybe they do unschooling or they do uh, interest-led learning or they just do a whole mishmash of different types of styles and then sometimes they find it hard to find a group that's very particularly doing what they're doing but like you said I think you can find elements in any group that you are that you are part of um, and you can find support in that way just I suppose like you said the kind of lifestyle that you have and home education which yeah obviously is something quite uh, specific as well. So how do you fit self-care into your homeschool life, especially as you've got other responsibilities and even the the typical homeschool mom finds it challenging to fit in time for herself? Absolutely. Well, I make it a priority. So as I said before about your values, your goals, your priorities, it's definitely one of my biggest priorities. Um, Health, keeping fit, things like that. So it is easier to find time for things that are really important to you, I think. So that's why I do prioritize. And I always suggest, like we said before, with the journaling and things like that, even if you feel like you don't have enough time to maybe just try five minutes that you can, um, I don't know, do some breathing or do a little bit of yoga or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think starting really, really small. And then when you start feeling more comfortable, because often I think mums in general find it difficult to maybe to do self-care because you feel guilty, especially maybe if your kids are young, you feel like you should be spending all your time with them and you feel guilty spending time on yourself. So it might just take a bit of time to get used to it as well, to get used to the feeling. And I know I was like that as well, mm-hmm. but I've mm-hmm. made it a, a a priority. And so I schedule it in as well. And I think that's important. You put it in your, your diary, you put it on your planner, you put it in your calendar and you me- you set that time as busy or you write it in pen, like I always say. So it's as po- as important as going to the dentist or any of the other kind of things that you have to do. So I really, yeah, I make it a priority and then I schedule it in and I stick to it. And also because I enjoy it as well. So, mm-hmm. and everybody benefits when I am happier, obviously. <laughs> everybody else benefits and you feel better for it. Exactly. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Because and exercise is just, yeah, because it clears my mind. It's just, yeah, burns good, off tension. That's, that's, yeah. yeah, exactly. And it's also how I kind of um, work through things and stuff like that is also while while exercising or walking or whatever. So something that I learned in the maybe in the few years after I started homeschooling, like the idea of yoga and meditating, breathing, breath work was not in my my wheelhouse. It wasn't something I was exposed to, but I frankly had this perspective that it was not the way that I should be engaging in the world. And I have a wildly different perspective on that now. For all the Advil that I took over the course of a couple decades, I think I could have just done a yoga practice and I wouldn't have had to take any of that. It was amazing when I started introducing a yoga practice and it just is so nourishing to my body, my physical body. But it's something that I include in or have included 
in my morning routine with the kids. And so <laughs> it wasn't their favorite practice, but they knew we'd probably do a loving kindness meditation or prayer. And then we would do um, yoga practice, um, powerful stuff and fun stuff, really kind of a fun practice to do with the kids. Absolutely. Well, I mean, breathing is something that I've definitely taught the kids to do because my one son suffers a lot from anxiety. So it's definitely helped him a lot to cope with the anxiety. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, breathing, yeah, breathing and yoga and things. Yeah. They're also not massively keen on yoga. <laughs> they like the poses. I suppose they like the poses that are like animal poses, but besides yeah. that, um, because, I suppose because it's fun for them, but yeah, breathing has definitely been something that we do together and that we practice. Yeah. That's a great one for anxiety. Mm. When we first mm. got goats a few years ago, I, you know, we put a barn together as part of our homeschool, um, activities and that was a big effort first time I really understood Pythagorean theorem <laughs> but anyway um I remember thinking oh we're gonna have the goats on the veranda we're gonna do goat goat yoga like how cool would that be until I realized goats don't toilet in a certain zone <laughs> there is a big mass of hay and random things on that veranda so no goat yoga for us but <laughs> that was a cool idea I don't know how people do that actually goat yoga but breath work I've I actually heard of, is it a thing is goat yoga yes. a thing oh, yeah you'll have to look online my gosh yeah. I'm, I can't wait <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's pretty funny they're pretty cute one mm. of our goats is pregnant oh. she's, she's gonna goats be are adorable soon. oh my gosh they yeah. are the cutest but I, I love the way the babies are so bouncy. It's just the most, oh, it's the most adorable thing to see. They really are. They're very sweet mm -hmm. and they're Nubian goats. So, so, so sweet. You know, we, something that I encourage homeschool moms to do to check in with their emotions and just how they're feeling is to put in a reminder into their phone uh, once a day. And for me, I write breathe on my reminder. So that is the time where I do a focused breath and just, and it actually will come during the time that we're chatting. But, um, and then I just put my hand on my heart and just take a deep, slow breath or, you know, depending on what's going on, maybe a few, and then ask myself how I'm feeling, what I'm thinking, what's the story behind the, the thinking. And that practice has been revolutionary for me. It was so heartwarming for me to hear one mom tell me that she did it so regularly that her little kids were doing it with her. And I'm like, that's beautiful. Beautiful I think that's another beautiful thing about homeschooling is that you can teach your kids all these kinds of things when they're yeah. little or when they're young. Because I mean, I only came to yoga, I don't know, five years ago, if yeah. if that. And yeah. to be able to expose them to that now where they're young, I think it's something really, really special. Yeah, it is. More is caught than taught. So our self-care isn't just for mm. us. We're teaching our kids how to really show up in life and to take care of themselves and other people. Absolutely. Yeah, so true. Yeah. So uh, while I'm currently working on updating my website, and there's some exciting things that I'm planning in the next couple of months. So mm. I suppose for now, people can just connect with me at my little homeschool and everything is there. And then, yeah, in the next few months, there should be... Um, some nice, exciting things there, which I'm excited about. <laughs> oh, I'm looking forward to seeing mm. that. I'd love to support you in whatever way I can. Um, tell me something about South Africa that we haven't, or maybe we assume certain things about South Africa that aren't true and certain things that maybe we need to know. 
Sure. I, that is a really, really good question. And I love answering this because I teach English online. So I deal with a lot of students from around the world and they have a lot of preconceived notions about South Africa. So I always like to tell them about our wonderful country. It is not without issues, I have to say, but it is really, really, really beautiful. It's a beautiful, beautiful country. The people here are really, really, really friendly. I'm very lucky. I live in a really gorgeous place. We live right next. Well, we have a lagoon. And then on the other side, there's the ocean. And uh, one thing I would say is that th we do have a lot of sharks. <laughs> so <laughs> Swimming is a bit uh, great white sharks as well. So they swim between here and Australia. Um, so that is probably the biggest kind of wildlife we have. We, elephants are not walking in the streets, but we do have lots of <laughs> game parks and yeah. things like that. Yeah. So if you like safari, it's definitely a really, really good place to come. Safari, lots of really, really good food. We have lots of fantastic food here. And yes, it's just, a, I'm very proud of my country and I love it. The weather is nice. It's a good place to visit. So if anybody is on the fence about visiting, I would just say, go for it. it you won't regret it. Most people fall in love with South Africa and uh, yeah, and want to come back afterwards. Well, I think homeschool co-op at Charlotte's place next week. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun? Oh, yes, that we've met. Oh, yeah. Because I don't know about you, but I meet tons of people from all over the world. Mm -hmm. And it's just the coolest experience meeting all these different people. I would love to bring them together for a retreat at my own home. But, um, you know, that's a long ways away for a lot of people. I would love to yes. meet people in real time. Such a cool opportunity to meet people. Absolutely. That's so true. Yes, it's so true. And you too. And I'm really delighted yes. to met you and I, you know, just want to support you and continue to connect with you. So we're going to find you online at, was it our little homeschool.com? My, my little homeschool. Yeah. My little homeschool.com. And I see you mm -hmm. on Instagram over at the same name. Uh, no, Charlotte Jones, 24 seven. And then my podcast, the strike of balance podcast for working homeschool moms and, um, Yes, YouTube. There's uh, yeah, I have many, many places to connect, but I guess everything is on the website. I suppose that's the easiest place to find everything in one place, and then to go from there. Mylittlehomeschool.com. Thank you for mm -hmm. being here, Charlotte. I really appreciate you being here. Yes, it was lovely to chat to you. Thank you so much for inviting me. And thank you for joining me today. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, the Patreon support group, and my website, CapturingTheCharmLife.com. Shoot me a message with your thoughts, ideas, or questions. And if you can invest a couple minutes in me, could you leave a review in Apple Podcasts? If you grab your phone, find my podcast, and go to the bottom of the page, you'll see a button where you can write a review. When you do that, you're really sending a message to the algorithm to share the podcast with other homeschool families. And if you'd like to support me in the work that I do here, I'd be grateful for that too. You can do that over at patreon.com slash homeschoolmamaselfcare. When you do this, you have a special invite to get two hours monthly support for whatever you need in your homeschool. You can find that at patreon.com slash homeschoolmamaselfcare. Until next week, I hope you and your kids can turn your homeschool challenges into your homeschool charms. You've got this, girlfriend.